We are one church. We love God, love people, love his mission and love his church. Welcome to the One Church Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's One Church Podcast. I pray that over the next 30 minutes or so, you are both blessed and inspired. Today we continue our series all about how we live a resilient life with a particular focus on community. This message is from Beth Corbett, recorded on Sunday the 18th of February at our central site. Enjoy. Going in our Resilient Life series, we've been looking at, and I wanted to share a quick story with you of a time where I've been a little bit resilient. Um, So for those of you who don't know me, I love adventures and I love food. I love trekking and I love mountains. I genuinely think they're so beautiful. Um, Some of you in the room agree with me, but others maybe just enjoy going over them with a plane. But that's all good. I I think it's good to enjoy enjoy in whatever way that is. Um, But recently, so last October, I went on a trek and we was going up some mountains. And it was a 10-day trip. And I came as as a solo trekker, so just me. And then we came and joined a group of lots of different people and we became this community, this family together. So there was around 20 of us who were in the trip and there's a photo you can come and see my um, trekking family, woo! You can spot me, but we've got so many layers on you probably won't be able to find me anyway. So I went trekking with um, these people who are now my friends. They were strangers to me when I first met them. But what the joy of living in community is, you do everything together. You do everything together. We had like the schedule of when we wake up, when we have breakfast, when we're walking, when we're stopping, when we're having snacks, when we're just lots of food, walking and snacks and food and snacks. Um, And when we come back to the place where we're staying, we eat together. And then we go and sleep and we're up early again. And that was just the rhythm of our lives for 10 days together. So we really got to know each other pretty well. We had a lot of time to chat because we're walking together for quite a while. And through the trip, there was lots of great things we shared. We shared lots of stories, lots of funny moments. We shared our lives together. But unfortunately, we also had to share the not so pleasant parts of the journey together. And this was up quite high. high. So altitude sickness is one of the things that can get you when you're up in the mountains. We just got every other type of sickness. Like we had COVID, we had flu, fevers, all sorts of things. And that's at the point where you don't really want to be part of a community. You don't necessarily want to share that aspect. We want to share the food. We don't want to share all the rest. But I was walking and it was probably day nine. I was feeling pretty happy with myself thinking, well, I'm not ill yet. I'm strong. I'm independent. I'm staying away from the group now to try and stay well. Um, But then day nine came and it hit me, sickness, all day, and you're walking, you're not feeling great, you'd rather be in your bed, but you have to keep walking, and so this was my whole day of of feeling awful, but the next day, woke up, ready to walk again, let's go, so I got the nickname Bounce Back Beth, and I think that's a pretty resilient name, so you can call me Bounce Back Beth just for today, because I think, I don't know what I'll do with it after that, Um, so that is an element of resilience, the fact that we can have all these difficult things happening in life, Something hits us and then we can bounce back and just keep on going. So that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. But so far in our Resilient Life series, we've looked at having foundations, strong foundations, building on Jesus. And then last week we spoke about putting our roots down, 
really developing a personal devotional life. But alongside a personal life with Jesus and a personal time with Jesus, if you notice all through the Bible, Jesus is always pointing to people. And sometimes I think it would be easier if life was just with Jesus. But actually he puts people with us too and our life is to be with Jesus with people. So this morning we're going to be looking at community together and the title of of this message is Stronger Together because that is what we are. Just going to pray for a moment and then we'll head on into the Bible. So Lord, I thank you God that you are the one who places us amongst our community, Lord. Lord, thank you that you made us not to be alone but to be with people. Lord, thank you that you know what we need more than we do. And Lord, I pray that you will just speak to us and reveal something to each one of us about how we can develop an even closer proximity with the people in our lives. Amen. Amen. So Jesus is the real example of what community looks like. Jesus is God, so he doesn't need people. But he chose to live with people so that we learned that we need to live with people too. So he traveled with his disciples, he ate with them, he worked with them, he shared life with them, he taught them, they disagreed together, they laughed together, they probably made jokes about each other together, they really were friends, like relationship was so important to Jesus. Connections are so important to him and they should be so important to us because of that too. So Jesus shares something of his heart for connection and for the fact that he wants us to be together in a passage in John 17, verse 20 to 23. It says this in the NLT translation. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. And what I love about this passage is Jesus is saying, come on, do it together. Let's be one. Like, live life as believers, we're to be together. In this room, if you believe in Jesus, we're now part of a one. You're not just yourself, you're yourself with others. And one of the reasons that that's really important is there's two times in that verse where it says, why do we do this? Partly because it's good for us, but also it's good for others, because it says in here that it will allow the world to believe that they sent Jesus for them. It shows that Jesus loves them as much as he loves us, And actually, by us living as one, people will see Jesus through us in such a more clear way than if we were all living individual, independent lives. So it's really important, not only for us, but for others in our lives, that we live in community. Because people matter, because to Jesus, people matter. So we're going to look at three different reasons why we are stronger together. And we're going to be looking at Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 16. So if you have a Bible, you're welcome to go there. The verses will also be on the screen as well. So it said this, verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until all will come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, 
measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people come to trick us with lives so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its work. And it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So the first reason I think it's important that we are stronger together, why are we? I would say that our differences are what make us stronger. That is one of the things that's so unique. We can't be all these different things that we are together on our own. We're all made with a different, unique purpose. And in verse 11 and 12, it says that these gifts that the Christ gives to us, some of these gifts are in sp- certain types of people who've got certain giftings. But those aren't given to those people so that they can do their work and do something on their own. They are given so that they can come and equip us, lots of the rest of us who have lots of other gifts as well, to go and do work too. And together we build at the church. It is not the responsibility of just those individuals with certain special giftings. It is not the responsibility of just our church leaders, our pastors, our missionaries, our evangelists, our prophets. It's not their responsibility to build the church. If you're in this room, it's our responsibility. It's all our part to play. And there's lots of different ways we can do that. Through church life, of course, on a Sunday, we are here and we love being together, hopefully. Um, And we've had an amazing encounter of Jesus already this morning. But there are ways and things that happen before you get here to make this work. The chairs are here because someone put it there for you. Somebody helped open the car park gate and direct you through. You've had a welcome and you'll have a drink later and your children are being looked after and there's words on the screen and there was sound that came out of them. Like the instruments actually don't work without somebody at the back making it work. It all works because every person plays their part and together makes this beautiful little reflection of some of what is what we should be doing, not just on a Sunday, but through the week as well. So there was a pastor called Juan Carlos Ortiz who was a pastor in Buenos Aires, and he was doing many preachers about loving one another, and he was trying to get this message across of how can we live life together? How can we do community together? And he prepared a message about loving one another. And he came, and he felt prompted by the Holy Spirit who asked him, so you've you've spoken this message before, what's changed? And in that moment, he thought, gosh, I don't know. I'm doing this probably the 16th time now. I'm not sure how to change this to make any difference in in the lives of my church. So as he got up to the, the stage, he was here to speak, and he was ready to give a message. He'd prepared something really well. He was ready to give probably, you know, half hour to hour sermon. He prepared it, and he spoke. He stood up and just said, love one another. And he just sat down, and that was it. That was his whole message for the morning. He came up a couple of times to say it because everybody got a little bit confused. But essentially, he was saying, you know what? If you've not got those three words, there's no point me saying anything else. If you grasp those three words, we'll be stronger together. 
And he said this a few times. He came up and he's done many weeks and months of this teaching as well. But in that moment, somebody went, okay, well, I guess we're going to have to try and figure out what love one another means. And he looked around in his seat and he thought, well, I don't know how to love somebody unless I know them. And we have these parts in our service where we go, come on, say hello to somebody, give them a high five, let's welcome them. That is because we're trying to reduce that distance between us. We're trying to allow a connection to happen because we need each other. And so this church decided, let's get to know each other then. And they spoke to each other and they asked questions about life and they found out things that people in church needed. And then they went to try and answer those things as well. There was a family who didn't have enough bus fare to go home, so someone gave them the money. There was someone in the church who didn't have anywhere to stay. Someone had a spare apartment, so gave it to them for a little while. Uh, People exchanged their phone numbers. They offered exchanges of of dinner and food and meals, and they helped with schoolwork, and they did lots of different things as a church. And through those three words, the church changed more than it ever had before. And it's because of our differences being making us stronger, if we can find out what's unique about each other, we then can love each other better. We can then find what is it that's the gift that I have that might solve someone else's need? What is it that somebody else has that maybe might help my need? And it's only by talking to each other can we find out what that is. So I've asked somebody with us, Vicky, to come and share with us what community means for her. And she's going to introduce herself and we're going to hear just one aspect of what community life can look like. And we're going to have Avril helping us as well. Hi, Vicky. Would you like to introduce yourself to everybody? We're having a sign. Hello, everyone. My name is Vicky. Vicky is my sign name. I work next door and I work as a bookings coordinator. And our hobbies are going to David Lloyd Swimming and encouraging the deaf community. So how long have you known Jesus, Vicky? Well, it's a bit of a story. Um, Feels a long time when I was at school. I'll go back a little bit. I used to pray after lunch, and I didn't really take much notice, to be honest. I thought, prayer, what's that? Then I moved to Leicester, and then Bob and Gabby were talking about Jesus, and I thought, okay. I kind of looked round the column to see them talking about Jesus, and I never forget him mentioning two things. He talked about uh, in a frame of which pictures he showed two pictures. One was a quiet bird sitting on a tree and lovely, and then there was another one that was all full of storm. And I said, "I will go for the nice, quiet, relaxed one." And I didn't realise that I'd been through an awful lot of storms myself in life. And I thought, okay, so life does have lots of storms. So he, taught, he also showed a picture of a heart that I'll never forget. And he said, the spelling heart, if you move two letters and you take them off, it says ear. So you take H and T off. Jesus loves to listen to your deaf community. And he know that, that Jesus can't communicate, can communicate anyway. He can speak every language under the sin, including BSL. And I was really like taken by that, and I'll never forget that. And that was my journey, I guess, of being involved in a prayer group next door. And then time moves forward, and then Avril mentioned this church, and 
I thought, what's church all about? I used to pass it and see it next door and, again, didn't take much notice. And I'd go by every day and walk around and not think too much about it. And then she talked about Jesus is so good, Jesus is amazing, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And she'd talk a lot about it. And then she said, why don't you go and see for yourself rather than asking me questions? And so she said, okay, then. So I arrived in the doors, and I was like, whoa. I was very overwhelmed. I'd been to another church, which was just people talking and hearing people putting their thumbs up to me, and I didn't actually have a clue what anybody was saying. I know they all opened a book, and I thought, I don't know what they're talking about. Someone would be standing at the front. But now we've got equal access here, an interpreter here, so that I can understand what's being talked about, and I can learn the same as everybody else. So God... Um, someone, someone got baptized, and I, I, I heard God say to me, not your time, Vicky. So five years later, another person that I knew got baptized, and God said, you're ready now. And I said, I'm ready, me? No. I had a little bit of a debate with him, and he said, you're ready now, Vicky. You've been through a lot. You've learned a lot. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so after that, I got baptized, and I said bye to my old life. It was gone. I remember the good things, obviously, that happened, but it's time to leave that be fun. And since then, oh, wow, the difference has been amazing. It's continually learning a journey. If I felt like I was lost or drowning, or I used to, I used, I have a new phrase now. It says, you're never alone. Somebody said it to me, and you're never walking alone now. You're always with God. Can I ask one question? Whatever happens, small things or big things, and his answer will be there in his time. It's amazing to hear how you've come here and how included you feel in here. And I know some of us need to learn some BSL, don't we? Um, but, but can I ask, what is it about community that is so important to you? What um, does community look like for you? it's really important the deaf community is important a place where I feel included um, and we have equal access and, and, and feel treated the same um, and there's no uh, superiority or sense of um, so it's really important so I know that communication is important as well understanding one another is important and you can have differences um, but also not be scared of each other. When For a deaf person, often I see people run away thinking I'm some kind of monster because they can't communicate. Just put your thumbs up, say hello, build community. It's really important. Saying hello, you'll find someone sign back to you hello, even if you don't know any sign language at all. Could you show us just to say good morning? Because this is probably what... We're going to see you mostly in the morning, hopefully through the week as well. So what is it? Good morning. good morning. There you go, everyone. So good, good morning. morning. And we can speak with our friends, and you can teach us a lot. So we're, we love you being part of our community. Thank you, Vicky. But there's lots of things to learn from each other, and sometimes our differences can feel like a bit of a barrier, but actually we can all learn from each other in so many different ways. So our differences make us stronger. The second thing is our humility makes us stronger. So going on to, into the passage in Ephesians 4, it says, This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. 
And it speaks about the fact that we need to be together in our faith and in our knowledge of God and Jesus. And that together we will become more mature in Christ. And that suggests that actually on our own we can't become more mature because we haven't got everything we need in ourselves and we need to listen and learn to others. So I know one of the things that I find difficult is trying to ask others for help. I'm somebody who naturally will just try and do something on my own. So sometimes we have to step back and realize that actually together, realizing we need each other is one of the most important parts of this togetherness. So we don't naturally just try and do something or try and solve something without actually asking somebody for help. And I've got um, quite a deep example of how being stronger together makes a difference. It's from Nelson Medelli when he was in a prison. He was in a prison with other political prisoners, but for over 30 years. And he said that one of the things that they made a mistake in was keeping them together in this prison. And these are his words in showing how much being together makes a difference. He says, the authority's greatest mistake was to keep us together. For together, our determination was reinforced. We supported each other and gained strength from each other. Whatever we knew, whatever we learned, we shared. And by sharing, we multiplied whatever courage we had individually. That is not to say that we're all alike in our responses to the hardships we suffered. Men have different capacities and react in different ways to stress, but the stronger ones raised up the weaker ones and both became stronger in the process. So this is a reflection of the fact that together we can be stronger because we are able to share each other's resources and knowledge and feelings. So for Nelson Mandela, they were sharing determination, support, strength, knowledge, learning, courage, all these things on their own, they wouldn't have had enough for themselves. But in understanding our need of others, we can gain so much more than living life on our own. And for me, I feel, although I'm still on a learning journey with this, because you realize that God wants us in with people. So that means we have an enemy who doesn't want us with people. And isolation is one of the things that actually can really be our barrier in our faith, a barrier to connecting others with Jesus, but also can be really damaging as well. And I know some of us are more extroverted than others. You could probably tell I'm quite an extrovert. And I do hang out with people quite a lot. But research shows that whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, being around other people makes you happier. Whether you want to believe that or not, we need to be around each other. And isolation is the reverse of this. And instead, it makes us feel alone, ashamed. We hide away. We can be misunderstood and feel pain from each other, can be offended. And all of those things can lead us just to not want to spend time together. Because you know what? People do hurt each other. I may hurt you at some point. I'm really sorry for that, but we're not perfect and people are not perfect. So being together, there will be some pain. Sorry. But actually, there's so much more strength there too. And I recently started going to university and alongside working, sorry, it sounds like I'm a student again, I guess I am, um, but I've been, to do that, I made some space in my diary and a week so that I could study in the evenings, and I had to cut back a few things, and I saw people a little bit less, but I've realized that this little gradual creep of isolation had come in my, into my week. I thought I've just been wise and putting time in to do my university studies and to do it well, but actually there was a little bit of it, which was slight independence and slight isolation, which wasn't maybe as helpful as I thought it would be. 
So recently, I've decided to try and change this cycle. So I'm going to be rejoining another small group soon. Woo! Small groups are a great way. Um, but also, yesterday, a couple of you in the room saw me at the park run in Braunston. For those of you who don't know, I have, well, I used to run sometimes. Don't run at all now. Started again yesterday. Um, but the park run was a really important way of me getting back into just seeing other people again and to doing something that was good for me, but also forced me to be with people as well. And I've got a little, a few different ways in which perhaps we've got things that stop us wanting to be with people. The slide before, there's three random pictures, but these are some of the steps I had to get to to get to that moment of actually running. And I think some of these are helpful for us to think that actually being with people can take quite a lot of intentionality, like a lot of thinking about planning and all sorts. So yesterday woke up, oh shame, I've got enough time to get to the park run. Like I didn't really want to go, but yeah, here we go. Um, quite early, but I could still get there in time. So time is not my issue. Went outside. Grey morning, ah, it's not the best day for a run. Okay, that's a really rubbish excuse. I better keep going. Um, get there, it's pretty muddy, literally so wet. Um, being with people and things that we do to get to reach people can be uncomfortable and be a bit sticky at times. But these three things could have been little obstacles in my day and getting out of bed as well. I mean, there's lots of different obstacles just to getting out of the house. But when I got there, there were people. There are lots of people. There's quite a few hundreds of people who do these park runs around the city. And I had this option. I saw a few people I knew and, oh, I might just run it on my own. Independent Beth. And decided, no, I need to run with people because that's what I'm here for. So you can see the lovely Bernice there who let me join her on her run. We decided we'd do it together. And at the end of it, I didn't feel alone. Had people around me. Had to make some sacrifices to get there. But I was a lot more happier afterwards. And this is just a very simple example of how something small in our week can make a bit of a difference and help to stop us being isolated and can cause us to grow in humility that we can't do everything on our own. Because um, I could have easily just gone for a run on my own, might not have, but actually we need to do things with other people intentionally. So our differences make us stronger, our humility makes us stronger, and lastly, our love makes us stronger. So again, in the last bit of this passage, it said, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. And this is really important, that to help each other, we're going to need to be resilient and open to learning together, like we've said already, but also willing to go out there and speak the truth in love when we need to. We need to be careful how we do this, because we do it with people we know, um, and do it carefully if you don't know them. But speaking the truth in love is not just speaking and speaking truth and trying to do it lovingly. It's actually speaking words of truth into people's lives. And that includes things like uh, Bible verses and encouragement and all sorts of different things. But we want to speak this truth in love to each other. And as we've said before, being together and helping one another is really important in life. So a few of the practical ways we can do this together. I've mentioned small groups. If you're not part of a small group in church, it's a smaller context so that we can actually get to know each other. And then maybe we'll find ways of helping each other in different things too. Really helpful. Um, I'm doing it in the next two weeks. I'm joining my new group. So come and join a new group with us. 
Um, we've already spoken about things like running and other groups that you can get involved with around what you love to do. Just go and get out there if you don't already. I know for some of us, we're going out and doing loads of things, but let's keep it intentional in what we're doing and who we're there to actually get a bit closer and deeper into people's lives to really support them through life. But lastly, I've got 41 very short instructions for you, and that might seem like, woo. Um, so in the New Testament, in the Bible, there's 101 another's. And this is not just Jesus, Jesus and other writers in the Bible saying one other, another. And 59 of these are instructions to the church about how we should treat one another, connect with one another, and all these things. But these are really practical ways of, okay, if you can just take one of these and in a week go, right, today I'm going to try and do this one. We can do all sorts of different things to build each other up and to build the church up together. So we've got 41 miniature instructions. Are you ready? You might want to take a photo of the screen if you want to capture them. But these are all the one another's and all the things that together, as one another, we can be stronger together. We've got serve one another, accept one another, strengthen one another, help one another, encourage one another, care for one another, forgive one another. Already there, if we just did all of those, we'd be pretty transformed. Submit to one another, commit to one another, build trust with one another, be devoted to one another, be patient with one another, be interested in one another, be accountable to one another, confess to one another, live in harmony with one another, don't be conceited by one another, don't pass judgment with one another, don't slander one another, instruct one another, greet one another, admonish one another, spur one another on. Meet with one another, agree with one another, be concerned with one another, be humble with one another, be of the same mind with one another, be compassionate with one another, do not be consumed with one another, do not be angry with one another, do not lie to one another, live in peace with one another, do not grumble with one another, give preference to one another, be at peace with one another again, <laughs> sing to one another, comfort one another, be kind to one another, carry one another's burdens, and love one another. All these one another's, these are all things that in the Bible it's telling us why connecting together and how we can connect. It's all there in the Bible already. We're saying, how do we do it? Let's just well, I say just. <laughs> These are many things to do and many things to think about. And each individual one is, is, can be very difficult in its own right. But actually, God wants to help us to get to know people and to keep pressing in and building the church together. So he gives us the grace to do this. He works with us. We live life with Jesus with others. So we have our differences make us stronger. Our humility makes us stronger. And our love makes us stronger. There's lots of different ways there of, and reasons why we are stronger together and why we need each other. But just to finish, I've got a little paraphrase of basically a better translation of Ephesians. I've just written it out just in my own words. Um, so I'll just leave you with this as a thought. So this is Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 16, which is what we've already read. And this is just my version of it. You're welcome to write your own. Um, it's not the Bible. This is just my, my writing of it. Jesus gave the church many different gifted people. The people who start things and lead us together. The people who listen attentively and share what God is saying in a way that we can understand. The people who are gifted at sharing Jesus with non-believers. And the people who care for and teach us. These people are given gifts. Not gifts to keep for themselves, but gifts to share with us. 
so that we can all learn how to play our part and to encourage us to work together. Together, we strengthen the church. We have all these different gifts and we know need to have each other in our lives. We help each other to grow in our faith and to come to know Jesus more deeply. We grow together and we become more like Jesus together. We help each other to mature in our faith. We are more secure together, more protected together, more aware of the truth together. We know what is from God and what is not when we are together. By keeping on speaking the truth in love, we become more and more like Jesus together. Jesus leads us as one. Jesus helps us to find each other's place and to unite us together as one. As we all stay true to the unique calling God has given to each of us, to each of us in the room, we are stronger together. And the church that we're all a part of will be this place of life and love. Thanks, Beth, for that message. Let's all be encouraged this week to find ways that we can continue to build community together. And if you would value some prayer or support, remember, you are not alone. Reach out today. There's lots of things happening in the life of One Church. This is your family news for you. One, two, three, four. Firstly, this week is half term, and that means that it's time for schools out. Our amazing holiday club for 5 to 11s is running in six different locations from Tuesday to Thursday. For further details, head to the coming up section of our website. If you're able to volunteer to help make these groups run, then please let us know. And for all of us, let's be praying that many children and families are impacted by Jesus in the coming days. Secondly, this Sunday we have our next encounter night. Come and join us at 7pm at the One Centre for an extended time of worship and waiting on the Holy Spirit as we are expectant that God will meet with us in a powerful way. Thirdly, starting on the 3rd of March, we have our Sunday night discipleship courses. This term we are running four courses that each run for three weeks. Here is a bit more about each one. Giants you face. Often we can find ourselves hoping for the best and fearing the worst. How do we understand and address fear? How do we find the courage to trust God over the giants we face? Fear, loss, death and an unhealthy perspective of God stopped God's people from entering the promised land. And the same fears can stop God's people today from entering into the promises he has for them. This is about finding new courage to overcome the giants we face. Prophetic Training. This is a program that will take time to explore the crucial role of hearing God's voice in Christian personal growth, focusing on how it empowers us to love and minister to others through the gift of prophecy. Gain confidence with teaching, discussion, interaction, and practical tools provided. Fan into flame the gift of God. Deeper in the Bible. The Bible is the living word of God and has power to change our lives and the world around us. This March in Deeper in the Bible, we will focus on the book of James. We will use a variety of tools to help us dive deep, changing the way we see this book forever and allowing God to meet with us through his word in a new way. Worship leader training. This is a time of teaching, development and growth for people who feel called to lead worship and want to develop in their gift. It's also open to those who don't currently lead worship in one church and would like to grow in this area. With input from a variety of leaders, this is about noticing, acknowledging and investing in the precious gift of leading others in worship. If you're interested in any of these courses, then please get in touch or head to the coming up section of our website to sign up for a place today. 
And finally, the What How Now conference is coming up on the 8th and 9th of March at the Bond Centre. There's a session on the Friday night and then all day on Saturday. This will be a weekend full of encounters and teaching designed to inspire us all to use the gifts that God has given us to make an impact in the world around us, featuring many great speakers and guest worship leaders. For more information and to get tickets, visit heavenculturemusic.com forward slash WHN. And that is your Family News 4. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.